Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. Today, we're going to talk about excuses. More importantly, we're going to learn how to listen to our excuses and then use them to take powerful action. If we want to expand into greater freedom, aliveness, love, and peace of mind, then that means we're going to be moving beyond what seems comfortable or safe. It means we're going to invite small amounts of discomfort and risk and failure. And you can bet your butt that there's going to be some resistance. If we're going to lie on our deathbed with any regrets, then our regrets are going to have resistance to thank. So let's expect resistance to crash the party and try to kill our momentum. Let's expect resistance to try and convince us that a tiny speed bump is really a wall. And since resistance is the part of us that feeds our excuses, let's run through some of the most common excuses I hear in my coaching sessions with clients. First up is the excuse that has us say, if I make a big change, everything's going to fall apart. I talk to so many clients that have big dreams and even bigger excuses. They paint a wonderful picture for themselves and then they grind to a halt because they believe they'll have to do something reckless or dramatic that would endanger their family or their lifestyle. And it's usually some story about having to quit their job or get a divorce or raise vast amounts of cash before they could even get started creating the thing they want to build. It's some belief that says making this change means some huge, terrible thing is going to happen. But most of the time, this kind of thing is just resistance. And convincing ourselves that the next step is reckless or dangerous is a really effective way to rationalize staying in our comfort zone for years. But when I walk through these nightmares with clients, most of the time, we come to realize they're just fantasies. In reality, the next step isn't drastic. It's usually small and mundane. Our ego may want to believe that we're this hero who has to slay the big dragon, but what's more true is that we're just a person facing an uncomfortable conversation or a phone call or some task. There's no dragon. I once worked with a guy who told me he had this huge burning desire to start his own real estate investment company. Like, man, he just couldn't figure out why he wasn't moving forward. So I asked him, what do you think needs to happen before you can move forward? And he said, well, I need to quit my job. And before I can do that, I have to have X amount in the bank. So my family's okay. And man, I'm just not saving it quickly enough. It's going to take years at this rate. So I asked him, okay, well, well tell me this. What's the first thing you'd do after you had all of that money saved up and you knew your family was safe and you'd quit your job? He thought about it for a little while and then he said, well, I'd reach out to some mentors and I'd start figuring out how to create this investment deal and then 
I'd research what would make it work for them and, you know, that kind of thing. And so I said, well, do you really need to quit your job in order to do that? Huh? I guess not. If resistance has us believing that we need to quit our job or sell our business or have a ton of money in the bank before we can do the thing we really want to do, then let's first imagine we've already done those things. Let's put ourselves in that situation mentally. Now, if this were true, what would be the very next practical step that we take? What we're likely to see is that this step is not dependent upon our professional or financial or relational situation. We can see that this step is within reach today. And while it might be a little scary, it's something we can do right now. Let's keep going. The second excuse that holds us back has us say, I'm just not ready. I need to be confident. I need to be inspired. Okay, here we are. We're moving forward towards the thing we want. And then snap, in comes the thought that says, wait a minute, I'm missing something. I can't move forward because... I need to have a burning desire or more passion or more confidence or experience in order to get this thing done. In other words, when this tension naturally starts to show up, resistance has us believe it's a sign to pull over and wait until we've somehow magically accumulated the motivation or confidence or experience to push through the discomfort. Unfortunately, this mentality has it backwards from reality. What's true is that we build passion confidence, motivation, and experience by engaging our challenges, waiting around for them to show up. It's a trap. One day, I was on a coaching call with uh, one of the members of my coaching group. He was feeling trapped in his current work situation. He wanted to start his own investment business. Time was passing, nothing was getting done, and he claimed he was stuck because he wasn't fired up. He even said, I'm just not passionate. I'm missing that burning desire, you know? So I asked him, well, what would you do if you already had that burning desire? And we talked for a while, and he drew up a very clear set of actions that included stuff like filing the paperwork to form his own company and make some contacts to line up funding. And so I said, great, you can do that stuff this week, right? You don't need to be inspired or fired up to do it. You can simply go to it. Will you contact me and confirm when you've completed these tasks? If we're thinking we need to be confident or passionate or motivated before we get going, let's ask ourselves, what action would I take if I believed I was ready? Most often, we'll see that performing this action doesn't require any inspiration on our part. We can do this thing whether we're in the mood or not. And by doing it, we'll feel our spirits lift. By doing what matters, we'll get stronger. Now, let's talk about the third excuse that has us play small. And it's the one that has us say, I don't know what to do. One of the biggest excuses we most often make is, I don't know what to do. And what I've found to be more true is the statement, I don't know what to do that isn't scary or risky or isn't going to make me look stupid. When we ask ourselves to come up with options that would be risky, uncomfortable, or possibly lead to embarrassment, then suddenly we have lots of clarity about what could be done. And when we're willing to take on some discomfort or risk, then we often have many, many options. But in an effort to, quote, get clarity, resistance has us play the fool when it convinces us that researching or Gathering information is the same as doing the work. And I'm certainly guilty of falling into this trap. For example, I spent two years reading about meditation before I actually started my daily practice with a 10-day silent meditation retreat. Now, which period do you think had a more profound impact on my life? The two years I spent gathering information or the 10 days I spent meditating? I'll let you take a guess. This all points to a misunderstanding we may have about creating clarity and certainty. We don't find clarity and certainty under some 
rock somewhere, some magical rock. We find it by rolling up our sleeves and getting into the process right in front of us. Information just becomes entertainment if we don't apply it to our lives. So let's shift our focus from knowledge to gaining wisdom. Wisdom, learning what truly matters and what truly works for us as individuals, that comes from trial and error. And if we're not totally clear on what we want or what steps to take, then let's imagine we're building a fire. Take some time, turn off the distractions, turn off the social media, turn off the information, and simply slow down. Simply listen. If we're building a fire, then we only need a spark. And that spark often appears as just a hunch. So ask yourself, what would have me feel a bit stronger today? What would have me feel a bit more free, a bit more alive, a bit more connected, a bit more at peace? Again, if we just listen very closely, we can hear that small, very, very small hunch. It's fine. Now let's create an experiment. We want to see if this hunch builds our fire. We want to feed that spark a little air. We want to feed it a little fuel by taking some tiny action. And we'll know we're on track if that action feels a little bold, if it challenges us to get over ourselves. So instead of waiting around for clarity to show up, developing this practice of experimentation will have us build strength and momentum as we go. We'll learn through trial and error what actually has us feel more alive. Instead of falling into the trap about what we should do, we'll align our choices with what truly feeds us. And when we're fed and stronger, that's when we see the world differently. We're going to see more and more opportunities. As I said before, we're going to be doing things that are a little uncomfortable and risky from time to time. So let's expect to hear some excuses and choose to take action anyway. This is how we develop clarity rooted in our own wisdom, our inner knowing, our authority that can only come from creating experiences in the world. I hope these insights into excuses have been empowering for you. If you'd like to learn more about resistance, check out the free micro course that I created at thenewmanpodcast.com. I also highly recommend the interview I did with Stephen Pressfield. He wrote The War of Art, as well as the interviews I did with Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. They wrote The Tools and Coming Alive. There's lots of great stuff in all of those interviews. But more importantly, I want to encourage you to sniff out these excuses in your life. What's a challenge that you've been avoiding? And then what's the smallest little action you could take today in service of building your fire? Experiment, lean into that process, and let's see what strengthens you. I wish you the best, and thanks so much for listening.